1: This episode of Wrestle Ramble is sponsored by our very own Almanac! The Wrestle Talk Almanac is back and bigger than ever and is the must have guide to wrestling in 2019. Where else will you find who won all of wrestling's most important tournaments, discover the real names of over a thousand wrestlers, and see the star ratings for literally thousands of matches? There's also coverage of over 250 shows from around the world. World, with star ratings, reviews, match times, outcomes, and attendance figures, which will likely be inflated on Eric Bischoff and Bruce Prichard's podcasts. Not only that, but our boffins here at WrestleTalk HQ have put together win-loss statistics for every wrestler from every major promotion, so now you can be that annoying stat guy at your wrestling parties. Or maybe you can find yourself a time machine and give a copy of it to your past selves so they could place a few bets and then buy a casino. I'm obviously joking, I'm not condoning betting, it's a Back to the Future part 2 joke. Finally, the first 100 purchases will get a hand-signed photo of Ollie and myself, which I guess some people might think is a good thing. So what are you waiting for? Order it now by using the links in the podcast description, or go to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. That's wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on
2: Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis on a Saturday show. What? And I'm joined by Luke Cohen. Hello, Smath Nation,
1: and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, on this Saturday show. How the devil are
2: you? Slightly hungover. Oh, man. It's a weird one. I woke up hungover, it went away, it, and then it comes back. For a five-minute period every 45 minutes.
1: Is that why you got a bit low energy towards the end of this record?
2: Oh, did you notice?
1: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Ah. Particularly when you were doing your outro to the video as well.
2: I thought I covered by just shouting louder. No. Sometimes, if you watch the video version of this, I am dead behind the eyes occasionally. (laughs) Um, Does that mean you've got no big plans for the weekend? Oh, I've got big plans. God, it's just one of those... And, you know, they're all lovely things: holidays, going away, friends' weddings. This weekend, it's my lady partner's mum's 60th birthday. You know, but I just want it all to stop. Yeah. I just want just a day, just a day where I can sit on a sofa and have a fan on me, mm-hmm. so it's it's cool, and just watch nonsense. So not even anything I can commit to, like Stranger Things or or Killing Eve. I just I I really enjoyed those Korean soap operas when I was in Santorini Mm -hmm. that's what I want yeah we haven't talked about these uh, Korean soap operas oh my god tell me about them they're bonkers because I so I used to work for a a station that transmitted I think it was called Telemundo which is a Spanish language channel uh, of Brazilian soap operas Mm -hmm. I think and they're just so overwrought but they're very much of that so, sort of the ones that are mocked on The Simpsons In, in American pop culture stuff yeah. that Those sorts of ones The Korean stuff From what I saw Is very similar And also very overwrought But Has dream sequences <laughs> So you know just like how most of Asian stuff has, mm. has weird Bits where they just have You know flights of fancy They have all that nonsense Nice Yeah so it's just bewildering to watch And occasionally when people speak emojis will flash up on the screen. Nice. Just to tell me how I should be feeling, or if I've misread an emotion, oh no, it's the crying with laughter face emotion, not the weeping with sadness one.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited, when I go to Japan later this year, to kind of experience Japanese TV, because I think I've only ever seen it either parodied... No, pretty much I've only ever just seen it parodied, or where they like you know do it on a a Western clip show where they're like, "Look how crazy Japan Mm. is." But like from what I can gather from people who have been to Japan, like they're in on the joke. They're not like we're putting out they're not like putting out wacky TV, but not realizing it's wacky. That they know it's wacky and they're making it wacky on purpose. But we as Westerners are thick and just think that they're thick and that they don't know how to make proper telly.
2: They're all being silly.
1: Yeah, so we're just kind of we're just. I'm really excited to see it with my own two eyes in in, in its <laughs> natural habitat.
2: I I don't I don't know, man. I think it's 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 obviously so mainstream. It can't all be self-knowing and parodying. Like, of course, you could you could watch the X Factor or any shows like that, and you say, oh, those are very camp shows, just the way it's all, all the theatrics mm-hmm. and how it's. But I wouldn't say it's self-parodying.
1: Well, no, but that's what I mean. But I think that Japan would make that show and know to be self-parodying about it, whereas we like to take ourselves very, very seriously. So when Simon Cowell does The X Factor, it is like, no, 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 this is a very serious show. This is a very serious subject matter. We're taking this seriously, even when it is, like, really overwrought.
2: Or laughing at people with quite clear learning differences. Oh, yeah, no, totally, yeah, exactly, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what you should do, and this is what I want to do when I go to Japan next year, go and see one recorded live. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, sure, you've got to get in there, in the audience... For a game show. It looks bonkers. (laughs) Oh, but one more thing. This weekend, 60th birthday party. Yeah. The parents of both sides, (gasps) the Montagues and the Capulets, will be together. And they've met each other before. Once. Once, For my birthday a year ago. A year and a bit ago.
1: That did... They ask you to invite them Or did they just invite them outside of you I Invited them outside of me That's good man That's yeah, a, that's a good. good sign It is good Yeah,
2: yeah they obviously they're, they're very All four of them are very polite people But Anna's parents uh, You know they, they, My parents drink a lot And party a lot Not in a, a bad way They just You know They'll be the last on the dance floor hmm. And singing very loudly And they won't go home That's my, That's my family I love them for it but they, you know, my lady partner's family haven't seen that side of them. They're aware of it. I've warned them. But knowing something in theory and practice is different. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. But, I mean, well, we can very much look forward mm-hmm. to hearing the
1: update on that. But uh, my other question is to you, uh, before we get into the main show, is um, Dyson
2: Airblades. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I woke up this morning. And bearing in mind, I don't know how this happened, for the whole week I was away, I only had 20 emails. You did very well. From work. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I just assumed it would be over hundreds, just based on the amount I usually get. Uh, but the... I woke up this morning and I had 38 unopened emails overnight. And I was like, what has gone on here? Oh, no, I've done something wrong. It's why my mind... Or, or everything's failed, you know. Like all those emails, just going to be like, "Oh yeah, your company doesn't exist anymore. YouTube's closed." <laughs> yeah. so that's what I think when I see warning signs like that. Open it up. Every single subject heading was Dyson Airblade, apart from one that said like an important business proposition. <laughs> I clicked on it, and it was also a link <laughs> to Dyson Airblade. Oh, shout out to that person.
1: Uh, do you want to give? Do you want to name any names? Uh, let me get up my emails. Talk for a bit while I... Uh, well, let's have this from uh, Jem, who emails in to say, Hey, Luke, Ollie, El Fakador, Chopper, Pete, SoCalVal, am I forgetting someone? Oh, yes. Hi, Blake Ham, you humble bragging piece of crap. Definitely not forgetting <laughs> a randy person. Firstly, Luke, I would like to appreciate... Uh, I would extremely appreciate if this could be read out on the 20th of July Saturday Ramble podcast, as the podcast would come out on my birthday. Hey! The
2: 21st of July in Melbourne, Australia. So can I get a happy birthday, please? Congratulations. Feliz never dead. Yes. <laughs> Feliz never dead. Feliz never dead. Feliz never dead. Mazel um I am sending in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> <So I promised. laughs>
1: I'm setting in this restaurant get better, as a promise to myself, you guys, and the entire SWAF nation to get better. Muscly arm emoji. I am 15 years old as of this email being read out, and while I am at an ideal height and a decent weight for my age, at six foot, 183 and 70 plus kg,
2: I'm at an ideal height. <laughs> what a great thing to be happy with.
1: Ideal height. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not hi- too
2: big. It's not too small. I feel like height is a thing that only people who aren't tall enough have an issue with. No one's, there, no one's walking around going, I'm so tall! <laughs> yes! Yes, me! <laughs> I do that was Greg Davis's stand-up routine for uh, a good yeah. year or so. That's a good point. Uh, anyway, where
1: are we? And he's 70-plus kg. I probably have the stamina of a 15-year-old, but I basically <laughs> have a beer belly, even though I can't drink. Okay. I want to do something about this as I play football slash soccer, which requires a lot of stamina. So from the 21st of July, I will start going out to exercise in the spare time I can find from school and also keep a more healthy diet instead of eating Mm. chips every day. I'll be emailing in a couple of months from now with a (laughs) follow-up where hopefully I'll be in a better physical, brackets, and mental shape. Thank you for the consistent consistency that comes with being the best podcast ever. Stay Mm. swaft,
2: Jem. So, Jem. The From what I understand, it, of course it's different for everyone, but largely, if you're only carrying weight on your stomach and it's not through alcohol, it's carbs. So all the carbs will just go to your stomach, especially as a guy. So, yeah, cut that down. When you said chips, <laughs> that's a red flag right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's a white carb. Those are the worst. They're the, the hardest to break down. So, yeah, if you cut down carbs, that should come back. Hmm. Here well, we go. there you go, good exercise. And uh, crunches,
1: uh, like stomach crunches, ab crunches, mm. that will certainly help you as well.
2: Uh, do you want to name some people? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, say so thank you, well, not thank you really, to Ed Fryes, Stephen Detflitz, Jordan Phillip, Brock Baddy, Thomas Adams, Ryan Penn, Ruben Johnston, Ed and Shu, Robert Stanley, Joshua Matthews, Donnie, D- yada, yada, yada. The first person to email me, by the way, was, must have been as soon as it happened Five past five yesterday Yeah, I think the podcast went live at about ten to five Wow From the Mayor of Painesville, Dan And I got this email, which was a link And then the brackets just said I was forced to send you this link This is pretty expensive <laughs> Have a cold day, Dan Mayor of Painesville, Dan Best fan in the world So it's kind of fitting that he emailed me about a literal fan Yeah And I, uh I didn't know what you had done, <laughs> <laughs> so so I just emailed Dan back, unbeknowing. Ha! Huh, thanks for this. I literally just bought two water evaporating cooler fans. Apparently, the Dyson one isn't that great for actually cooling the air. Thanks anyway, though. And then I said to Dats, and I was like, God, that's amazing. I was <laughs> I was just researching Dyson fans because Laurie was going on at me about them this morning. Turns out they're not that good for actually cooling air. They're good for moving around air but not cooling it. So that's why we need this evaporating... And I started to tell you... Well, no, it's because
1: as I was leaving the office I said goodbye to everyone and you said why am I getting so many emails about the Dyson Airblade? Yeah. And that's when we came clean and we're like yeah, we did a thing on the podcast. When I got home my wife was like you're going to be in so much trouble tomorrow.
2: <laughs> It's all good, S-word.
1: Anyway, let's crack on into the show, and it's the big question that on everyone's mind. Does AEW need CM Punk? Here is the show. What's happening, Luke? Okay, so, I'd say since all in last year, there have been teasers that CM Punk might be doing something with the Young Bucks, right? The Bucks have always quite openly talked about it. They've obviously talked about... CM Punk said that if he wanted to step back into a wrestling ring, they'd be the first person that he calls. They said that we speak to him all the time. They did an interview recently with uh, Chris Van Vliet, where they were talking about how, at one point, the three of them, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, were sat in a hotel room and had convinced themselves they were going to WWE. But in that interview also said that we expect Pac will be back, by the time we go on TV in October, and we have talked to CM Punk.
2: Mm. Not about
1: joining a business, No, we just, we're just we always in contact with him.
2: Yeah, they've said that forever, going That's back what I mean, before yeah. All Out. It's, they're That's they're always I mean. texting.
1: Yeah, All In, it was very much like they... There was even people who thought that Pack or Punk are going to show up at All In, right? That's what we, yeah. we all kind of like yeah. speculate. Turns out, no one did. But it's fine. Jericho did, I guess.
2: Well, there was one... Um, I remember just like two days before that, you know, Pac was announced, well, Neville, as it was back then, was announced that, that his contract with WWE was over in late August. Matt Jackson and Marty Scurll posted a video of them just two days before All In looking in a toy shop and they found the Neville figure. Yeah, and they were right, like, yeah. ooh. Yeah. But he didn't turn
1: up. So, so CM Punk has always been sort of like will he won't he he's been very cagey about the whole thing but has recently been more talking about hey never say never in the world of professional wrestling never say never about me stepping back into a ring again and then he had that wrestling return recently do you remember this you might you might remember this better than i do
2: oh yeah well it it was one of many so this was his young promotion yeah this was back in april it was at a venue that was about to be closed down, and it just so happened to be the venue where CM Punk had one of his first matches. So, for sentimental reasons, apparently, he ran in at the end of one of the matches in a mask, hit a GTS, and ran out. Mm-hmm. A very sloppy-looking GTS. It was a little bit, yeah. A very sloppy getting in the ring. But hey, he's had he's had time. But no one thought anything of it. It was only when Silas Young said, "Oh yeah." It might have been a punk there. And then it was like obvious. And then more reports, I think Sean Ross Sapp said this, said there were at least two other occasions where he's done this since 2014. Yeah. So,
1: you know, he stepped back into a wrestling ring. And then we got the announcement on Thursday. Here's the big one. That CM Punk will be part of Starcast 3 with a live mic. And he's going to do an interview there. Um they have he, he was at Starcast One last year, but that was part of Pro Wrestling Teed. Wasn't really connected to Starcast, just Pro Wrestling Tees also had something on at the same time. This, however, is this is Starcast. This is Conrad Thompson has booked Punked for an appearance. Don't know if he's doing meet or greets yet, but he is gonna do an interview. Um and the two aren't connected. Obviously, Starcast and AEW are not connected. We do have to make that clear, otherwise Booker T gets very upset and Dave Meltzer gets a lot of flack. So we've got to make it very clear they're two very different things.
2: Yes, they are separate companies, but they they have a working relationship. <laughs> they have only
1: ever <laughs> run shows together. Yeah, it's like
2: saying, oh, New Japan and Ring of Honor. Of course they're separate companies, we can all see that. But they work together all the time, <laughs> yeah. exclusively. No, There are no other conventions... Also running alongside All In there are no, or, or AEW. There are no other wrestling promotions running with StarCast. So they are linked. This isn't crazy speculation,
1: people. Well, tell that to Booker T and Conrad because they got very upset when Dave Melter accidentally printed that Booker T had pulled out of All Out when he meant to say he'd pulled out of StarCast. And Conrad was like, we're not connected to AEW. We just happen to run fan conventions on the same weekends that they run their big shows, basically in the same building as them. Yeah. He got really upset about it. So, CM Punk confirmed for StarCast. This much we do know. The next night after that is all out. And this this is AEW's big show. Double or Nothing was a huge show for them. This is much, much bigger. This is like our final stop before we get to TV. And the big angle they had to close out Double or Nothing, the one that got everyone talking about it the following day, other than people saying like, man, that was a really good show. Can't wait to see what they do next. Was John Moxley debuting at the end of the night, attacking Jericho, attacking Omega, setting up Mox versus Omega for All Out. So who's to say, now that they're heading in towards TV in October, that they're not going to bring in a certain punk to drum up some really big mainstream interest and get people's eyes on the product when it debuts in October.
2: He is, without a doubt, without question, the only name out there that that would matter, really, in terms of people who have left. Because everyone's with a company at the mm-hmm. moment. And see, of all the people who have left WWE, they've all either come back or faded into obscurity. Like, you know, Big Cass and Enzo Amore. They're not, they're not really draws. Alberto Del Rio, he's off doing whatever he's doing at the moment. But CM Punk has always maintained this air of mystique and real significance, especially in my eyes. I'm very transparent about this. I love the guy. He's one of my heroes. I borderline obsessed with him. No, obsessed with him for, for four Five years
1: when he was on top of WWE. I was thinking about you while I was making this thumbnail. Because I was just getting up this picture of CM Punk. And I was like, that is going to be a picture that will just make Ollie Davis smile.
2: I, he's a handsome guy. He is a handsome The guy dude. can go through any haircut, <laughs> any form of facial hair, even and when I he, like it.
1: Even when he had that Wolverine mutton chop look. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this one, Punk. One of but the, he still pulled it off.
2: One of the sexiest images I've ever seen of a man is CM Punk in only his Y-fronts, down by the ring, being chased around by Booker T or something at a house show in a, in a dark... Match like after TV segment thing, yeah. I love the guy too much, and we, you know, there's the the, the long running joke of CM Punk to AEW confirmed, CM Punk Wrestling Return confirmed. It's big, which is a joke at you know. Our expense as well because we're just we just want him to return. I want him to return. I was gonna so say, think
1: the joke very much is on us because we are the people that are always sort of like doing the thumbnails, doing the teaser. Will he return? Punk tweeted out this Does this mean a wrestling return? So when we are going like, see, I'm punked to AEW confirmed, we're very much parodying ourselves, constantly saying these sorts of things, and wrestling media. Constantly saying these sorts of things. Because as you say, he is a guy that for the last five years has had his social media scrutinised. Being like, what does this mean? What does this tweet mean? He said the word, rassle. Does that mean he's returning? He's going to be at Ring of Honor because they've got a show this weekend? Something along those lines. He's a...
2: Yeah. He, uh, about a month ago, he went on a bit of a Twitter rant. I think it was when you were in Peru, actually. You might have missed it. Where... He effectively had a go at people for this. He said, "Look, why can't why why do I have? To, I, I want to tweet about movies. I want to tweet about ice hockey. And every time I do that, I'll have a few conversations with people, and then boom, everyone floods it. When you're coming back to wrestling, what do you think of AEW? I just want to talk about movies or this. Stop talking to me about wrestling. And I would that I'd feel sympathetic with him. I do too, but." Two weeks before that, he posted up like a a Snapchat story thing or a Twitter video, I don't know what the social media things are, of... Guys, guys, big announcement. I've got the latest star going to AEW. And it was an obscure Smoky Mountain Wrestling Mummy character from the 90s. So he does Stoke those fires last year he was he kept on posting all in graphics yeah. which coincidentally was also the Chicago Cubs his beloved baseball team their slogan for the year yeah but it was also all in the, the first pre, well pre-log for AEW so he he does bring this upon himself i'm probably he he doesn't know which which one? Oh, absolutely! He wants. I
1: feel I feel sympathy for him in in all cases, really. Even if when he is sort of stoking the fire, he is very much bringing it upon himself. But then there are times where he's like, oh, "I want to talk about this." People want to talk about uh, when he's coming back. Like even when Starcast Three was announced, and their logo is the Chicago flag is like the middle third. Everyone was like, "Oh, this means CM Punk's returning, right?" Like, and that it almost feels like it's just that's now the, the done joke. Mm. But imagine at the end of All Out, CM Punk. You start to hear, you just hear, one and one ba one ba da da ba da ba da da and then Living Colour plays, and Punk does come out in a front of- in, well, I wouldn't do that bit. I would just do the would have, you just do the proper intro. And then you have CM Punk come out the first time in front of a wrestling crowd, like, you know, as CM Punk, in Chicago of all places. It's the eighth year anniversary of Money in the Bank 2011, and, you know, those eighth anniversaries are always very important <laughs> to certain people. It's the biggest one. It's the big one, really, I'd say. It like 5, 8, then 50. Like, those yeah. are the ones you really want to celebrate. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. But the question we should come to, really, mm. is... Do AEW need CM Punk? Yes. Uh, is that yeah. an answer to the question? Or, or is <sighs> you just saying, it's, yes? It's me
2: <laughs> agreeing that we should talk about the title of the video now. Yes. So we did a very similar thing before All In. And we both said back then... The, they need a Daniel Bryan or a CM Punk. Because Daniel Bryan's contract was still semi up in the air, even yeah. though he'd made his, his wrestling return. I think, in, in fact,
1: I, you and I might have said on a video, they'll never sell out 10,000 seats unless they have a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan.
2: And so happy to be wrong.
1: Egg on our face, and are very happy to have that egg it's on delicious. my face. Oh, nom, nom, yeah. nom, 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 nom.
2: But the, back then I would have said, well, I did say, it's on record, yes, they need a Punk or a Bryan now they are at a very good place and they've got so much traction and they've got a tv deal on tnt and all their pay-per-views while they've had their you know difficulties with with production issues and the commentary and stuff that the standard is where it should be like you know the aew shows yeah they've got their flaws they're not perfect yet but that's what wrestling should be as a standard, mm-hmm. and then WWE's benchmark is st- all the way down here. It's not even in the same league table. So that's very good, and and they've built this this promotion so well without names like Punk. It's it's really admirable that they've not you know not used him uh, or or had to rely on it. So no, AEW doesn't need CM Punk. I would say, but but. But I was going to say there is a but coming. I would I, it would be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I'm
1: going to half agree with you, half disagree. I'm going to agree in the sense that no, they don't need him because they've managed to get to this point without names like CM Punk. Really, you could argue that the only big mainstream name they had was Jericho. And then I'll allow uh, after Double or Nothing, you could add Moxley to that list as well because you've got the former Dean Ambrose. Uh, In there, so those are your two ex WWE guys. The rest of them are Omegas, the Bucks, uh, SCU, Lucha Brothers. You know, guys that are known on the indies might not be known to a much wider audience, but I think now through Double or Nothing, through Fight Fest, Fight for the Fallen, and just the way they've conducted themselves as a business, they are names that people recognize in the wrestling world now. I'd Mm. say since like all in last year. I think they really have built themselves a profile so that wrestling fans, regardless if they just watch WWE, know the names of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. You know, and that's certainly helped by New Japan and the Ring of Honor stuff that they have did. I'm not going to, you know, certainly not going to take away any of the work that they did there. So I just think that now they are at a point where they have got quite a big profile about them. And with Moxley and Jericho in that mix as well, they could easily go to TV and be absolutely fine and they will get really good ratings and they'll have a really good weekly TV product, at least in-ring wise. You could certainly, as you say, production issues aside, they'll certainly have good in-ring wrestling. But if you were to have a CM Punk on that as well, that is, that's the name. And that is the name that would take it from here all the way up to here. So not only are you then like, man, this TV show should do really, really well. Then you're like, this is must-see television. Mm. Because it is the wrestling return of CM Punk, and that is where I sort of—that's where I fall on this. I don't think they need him in principle, but if they did have CM Punk, then that is going to be
2: like that stratosphere levels. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's towards, towards that effect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. So, what do you think? If you had to bet, is he go- so that? Obviously, he's it's, not going to... It's going to
1: be the question on the uh, bonus... The, the bonus question for... Uh, yeah, Wrestle yeah, League. yeah. For
2: forever now. Uh, obviously, I don't think he's going to say at the end of this interview at Starcast, by the way... I'll um, see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Because that just flubs one of the last remaining great wrestling returns you can fantasy book. Yeah. Like, when Kurt Angle came... I, I had so many ideas for Kurt Angle. And it was just... Oh, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> no! No! But with punk, you can you you want to do something bigger. So I, I think in the interview, he might say just he might just put a pin in it. It could go one of two ways. I think he might go, look, this is me doing an interview to say once and for all, I'm done with wrestling. Yeah, and that part of my life is over now. Of course, that's exactly what someone would say. But I'm worried. That's like my big anxiety. Now it seems to be more. Possible with all the things that are fitting into place now. Now I'm getting anxious that it won't happen. I can't just yeah. pretend that it will all the time. I was
1: gonna say the other side of that as well is that people like you and I probably making it worse for, for fans by even speculating about this sort of thing because then if he doesn't show up at all out, will it be a disappointment of a show because yeah. CM Punk didn't return? LOL. Um, the any other question, the any other point to bring up on this before we uh, jump into the mailbag is a report that um, Fox are now negotiating with WWE to get NXT onto FS1. And Mm -hmm. that now looks to be a very, very much a possibility. That's crazy. And the reason for this is because AEW were likely going to air on Wednesdays. So FS1 can air NXT as counter-programming to TNT and AEW. And Meltzer had a brilliant way of phrasing this in The Observer, where he said, it's a no-lose situation for WWE. A, they're getting money for NXT, which is something they never do. B, even if they get 10% of AEW's audience, that's 10% of AEW's audience that isn't watching AEW. Mm. Also, you, you're putting that there, not to beat them, not to compete with them, but to siphon away viewers. And you're like, that's it's kind of crazy, but it's kind of a, a genius business movie in a certain sense because like NXT is the hardcore wrestling product. AEW is a hardcore wrestling fan's product. So having those two going head-to-head actually is kind of like a brilliant move on WWE's part. But if you had CM Punk, well, then you're not going to be too worried about NXT running head-to-head with you, are you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's tremendously exciting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I can't... So, yeah, I can't... Yeah, you know, I just I want him back so bad. I know.
1: doll. <laughs> Thank
0: If you
1: want to submit a question to the mailbag all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount. Head on over to WrestleTalk no, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and you'll get involved with Patreon. I was about to plug the Almanac there. I was about to say Big Cartel. Hey, it's a great book. While you're doing that, go to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com It's a good book. Uh, This question comes in from Austin Tussie. Which real-life wrestlers would you pick to be a good fit in CGW? I'd probably go for Orange Cassidy or Joey Ryan. Oh,
2: those, Those are very good shout both of them particularly they, they, they feel colourful in a way that CGW would uh, we'll get CGW next week yeah got t- w- too big a mailbag
1: unfortunately yeah the mailbag was
2: very very full today um, I would go for
1: um, Chris Brooks I think think's a good shout because he mm. would be he'd love it like he would absolutely love like the comedy aspect of it and how crap it is. But obviously the real answer we're looking for
2: here is CM Punk. Yes, yeah, yeah CM Punk would be the, the one to push those ratings into the Stratosphere. I think Santino Morella is yep. an excellent comedic yeah. performer. So I would also say him.
1: Uh, I can't remember if you were here, I went on a bit of an Orange Cassidy kick. Um, a very low effort. A very one. low effort kick. And I just watched match after match Uh. after match. I fell into a bit of a YouTube hole of just watching lots of Orange Cassidy It's easy to do with him.
2: He's so watchable. Mm. He's
1: great. Uh, This comes in from Nate who says, Hello Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Pete, Randy, Andy and housemate Simon. I finally became a Patreon member to ask you a question. Do any of you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast? He can be very dated in what he believes is good wrestling, but he also is a walking encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge and keeps up with current promotions. He is commonly uh, commonly not a fan of the Young Bucks or Omega and sees their styles as very gimmicky and catered to a gaming-only Audience, one of his criticisms got me thinking was uh, was their brand of comedy. He doesn't see much of a difference between WWE's hokey S word and the librarians and Nakazawa Fighter Fest promos and gaming slash costumes. He doesn't believe their style of wrestling will age well. What will we say in 20 years when we go back and rewatch the matches from Double or Nothing or Fighter Fest Fight for the Fallen? What is your opinion? He's got a follow up question which we'll get to after you answer that.
2: I totally agree with the librarian stuff, it's not funny, uh, it really doesn't work, it's fallen it's a not- bit flat. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult because the whole crowd w- wants to love everything and you can see themselves like,
1: uh-huh. no, I'm going I'm to force myself to laugh at this.
2: It's like watching Will Ferrell movies late 2010, you yeah. know? It's just the, it, it, I want to like this, man, but it's not funny. The well, stepbrothers in that period. No, that was way before. Was it? Oh, thank God yeah. for that. I was going to say, don't be bad-mouthing stepbrothers, Um But the, I watched The House you see recently. Oh, I see. <laughs> right. Patchy. I like Jason Mantzoukas in it, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, him and everything. Yeah, hmm. more Derek. Uh, the, uh, but yes. I, so the Jim Cornette is, like you say, uh, an incredibly smart person, mm. and he has his particular style of wrestling that he enjoys and what he thinks wrestling should be. I guess the the problem with that is that wrestling is much larger than one viewpoint. Yeah. And the worst thing you can do is get stuck in your viewpoint, and while the rest of the wrestling industry and art form moves on. Exactly. And, you know, like, in 20 years' time, it might move back to that, that style that Jim Connett likes. So there's no flexibility there in his rigid opinion, and I think that's what draws him up. It is a gimmick, really, but he does also believe it. He's he's a very nice guy. He's so witty. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and working with him. And he's so funny and, yeah, like you said, smart, but... He his view of wrestling is is too rigid. I think. Yeah. I think it's also kind of unfair to
1: say like what we're going to think of these matches in twenty years time because like the times move so quickly now. Like you could go back and watch a movie from twenty years ago and you'll be like, and that's dated poorly. Mm. Or like. You know, um, CGI in movies in 2001 was like, I remember going to see some of those movies and be like, my God, this is like the greatest thing ever. The movies will never surpass this. But if you go back and watch them now, you're like, man alive, this
2: this CGI is quite bad. I mean, I tell you where it, it, Cornette will probably fall down there is because if you go back and watch old wrestling matches, it's the ones that were very athletic and very high spot-filled for their time that don't feel as dated yeah. as the slow, more methodical, thought-out style that Cornette prefers. Oh, yeah. Like, you go back and watch Dynamite Kid's Tiger Mask, like, it's, boom, boom, it's... That feels like that could take place today. And it would be like... A pretty good two o five live match, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, two o five live matches are better than that match now. Really, yeah. If you put them up side by side, of course, one was thirty years before the other. Well,
1: that's it. Yeah, you know, Hogan Andre at WrestleMania three for its time was probably an excellent wrestling match, mm-hmm. but to go back and watch it now, it is two giant men lumbering around a ring, and it's um, it's actually this was talked about on How to Wrestling in one of their very early episodes when they did How to Hogan, where. Joe watched it for the first time and she said, It's the sort of wrestling that made me not want to be a wrestling fan. Like when I picture wrestling, that's what I pictured was two men slowly moving around a ring, not really doing anything, and, and then you do a finish. Whereas, like, it, but now wrestling's completely different. So, yeah, I don't think it's fair to kind of compare things like and to compare Hogan Andre to, you know, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Um, also, thank you very much for my cup of milk with some tea in it. <laughs> oh,
2: come on. Look, I'm just going to stop giving you milk and anything. Nothing makes you happy. No, it does. It's just I'm doing like, like a pipette of milk. <laughs> you like, oh, there's a, so much milk in a here. A dash of milk is what you want. Uh, oh, uh, also follows up saying,
1: have you seen the DDP yoga video with Big Cass talking about his anxiety and depression? Props to him for admitting he had issues, uh, was in the wrong uh, and got help. Hopefully he can distance himself from Enzo. Mm, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've read some of the the things, and so yeah, is he,
1: he actually like distancing himself from Enzo? They're not doing that. Enzo and Kaz well, XL. I,
2: I don't know about that. I think he. I think Nate is just saying. Oh, hopefully like, he can. Yeah, hopefully right, he okay. can because Enzo doesn't seem to have had that same period of self reflection. No. I had terrible fights with Joey Janella. Did you read that Moxley specifically requested to work with Cass on a show? I did not. So, yeah, yeah. I, Cass is obviously. That there's a very good part to Cass, and unfortunately, at the end of his WWE run, his his personal demons sort of undid him there. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, it's yeah. Hope, hopefully, he does better.
1: Dizziest bloke going today says, "Which wrestling podcast would you say is underrated?" For me, it's Prime Time with Sean Mooney. I'm getting into Sean's content. Uh,
2: I haven't listened to that. I I only listen really regularly to the Wrestling Observer Radio. And I would, you know, I would say that's underrated because it's so good. It is good. As I take Dave Meltzer for granted so, so much, but he's like, his knowledge, his passion, his just tenure of covering one specific area is astounding. It really is.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know that you say that the uh, the AU podcast is, is underrated because I think it gets, you know, a lot of applause and rec- correctly so, but I'm going to give a shout out to the Married Marks podcast. I really enjoyed their work going in raw. Um, oh, yeah, Going and raw. raw. Steve got, here. Steve, they've got an excellent, excellent podcast, the two of them. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some really, really good wrestling podcasts out there.
2: If if there's a really good pay-per-view, and you know like those days where like, you just can't get enough of opinions yeah. on the thing you just saw, I will, yeah, that's when I go to Going and Raw. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Tom Dell says, Hi, Chopper Pete, and the team. Uh, do you think that Becky and Seth's stories being so into, uh do you think that with Becky and Seth stories being so entwined now, we're going to get Becky, somehow in a babyface way, going after Sable, giving Brock an ultimatum, put the title on the line, even better his career, or Sable is going to get it?
2: I mean, don't put anything past this company that booked Becky the way they did earlier this year. So yeah, I can see that happening. I, I think it's an awful idea though, unfortunately. Uh, Abhinav says, Hey, Luke, Pete, Laurie, Simon, Ollie, So Calval, and name retracted.
1: We were all hoping to see Sasha Banks at Extreme Rules, but it didn't happen. Looking at her social media, it's more or less clear that she's not coming back. Now, as Bailey needs a friend for her story to continue, what about Dakota Kai? Both of them can be t- ponytail sisters as a tag team. Uh, they have to be more or less the same person, uh, or they may not be bad as a tag team. What do you guys think? But deep down, all of us know the only person that can save Bailey is Sting, the Huggable <laughs> Scorpion tag team. Lots of love, Laurie's number one fan, Abhinav. Hin, uh, Abhinav. So two things there.
2: Were we all waiting for Sasha Banks to return on Extreme Okay, Rules? so you weren't
1: here for this. On the Smackdown before Extreme Rules, and actually the Raw as well, they were heavily hinting that the reason why bailey is going to struggle is because she doesn't have a friend in her corner all of nicky cross's right. promos were you had a friend but that friend is not here anymore mm. and you you don't have a friend to back you up and that's why you're going to lose and commentary kept saying she did have a friend they were the tag team champions but we haven't seen her in months
2: what they, they never said sasha They never said sasha's they name they just said her they
1: kept saying that she had a friend they were the tag team champions we haven't seen her in months and it was very much and it came out around this time that there was a report that yes sasha is expected to be there on sunday so yes we were almost
2: expecting sasha to be there ah uh, yeah so, yeah, I guess it's we were all hoping to see Sasha Banks rather than expecting. Yes. I don't want to see Sasha Banks back in WWE. I want to see her in I AEW. Think. Yeah, I want to see her in AEW. Uh, and also, no, Bailey doesn't need a friend. No, and she doesn't need a because the story's moved on now. We've moved past this. She needs a friend storyline. <laughs> None of the women's division need friends. That's like that's one of the, the, the worst things about how WWE booked that division. <laughs> so everyone's got to be friends with someone or they're bitching against something. Uh, Matt Edmond says, after having the privilege of attending both
1: Fighterfest and oh, Fight for the Fallen, okay. it is obvious to me that no one has gained more star power than Darby Allen. After seeing him for the first time at Fighterfest, I did. I realized how over. He, uh, it realized how over he was with me until Fight for the Fallen, and judging by the reaction he got from the live crowd, I'd say I'm not alone. Do you see Darby as a potential main event babyface in AEW? Also, which do you prefer more, Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen? Being there live at both events, I'd say I had more fun at Fight for, the Fallen, but, uh, Fight for the Fallen, but both were excellent shows. I still haven't seen Fight for the Fallen yet.
2: Yeah, I haven't either. I was on holiday. I haven't had a chance to catch up. But Darby... I, I was aware I, that weekend. I thought Darby, Alan... Is that that match with Cody was brilliant? Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, we'd seen him at Progress uh, earlier in the year, Darby Allen, and he was he insane there. I just keep on thinking about that insane trustful back bump he took on the the, the ring eight. Incredible. Uh, I mean, I look at him now. I I don't see a potential main eventer ever, but that's not to say that that can't happen. And he, you know kofi kingston is the wwe champion right now these things can happen but at the moment i i just see him as sort of a a very very good mid carder yeah just because he yeah he the, the guy is very very small but there is always time yeah there's and always know, time to build yeah and and not to say that small if, if you're shorter you can't become really over and in, in the main event spot but it is a lot harder especially because he's not just short he's you
1: know he's very thin I think he can certainly get in there with main eventers but I don't think it's going to be something that happens in the next few months I think it's going to be something that you build over the next couple of years Mm. and really build like a cult following (coughs) behind him before you then push him into that sort of main event spot Um, Chris Thorne says Will Restorg ever have a shake up for the rambles I've enjoyed the different pairings Glad someone did Uh, Mm. While some of you lads have been on holiday But I'm glad to get you originals back Maybe every now and again it could be shaken up Also why isn't Pete in the Patreon (laughs) banner with you guys Hashtag pushchopperpete uh,
2: because we made that... We should probably update the Patreon banner.
1: Well, we were also going to update the YouTube banner yeah. as well, but, but I, I figured that we would wait until we were doing all of them at once, rather than yeah. do it... Uh, so When when we do one, we will do all of
2: them. Yeah, we, we, I still need to book this photo shoot that I want to <laughs> get us all on. Uh, the, the Rambles, I personally, I the podcasts I listen to, I prefer it when it's always the same people. Mm. So, and, and from everything I've researched, I think that's what the audience want as well so we will only ever shake up when we have to for scheduling reasons otherwise we'll stick to the norms absolutely i will agree with
1: that uh, i do have another uh, comment here but i don't think i put down your name so i'm going to come back to that one but i'll, I'll do scott's message first but it said uh uh, it could be worse. If Bishop was in charge of Raw, he probably would have had Lesnar drop the belt to Hogan now at the reunion show. <laughs> in all seriousness, I hope you agree with me that Seth and Kofi have suffered from a lack of a big-name feud. Unfortunately, because of the recent 50-50 booking history, there really are no dominant heels to put in these spots. At this point, I feel like you could only concuct uh, a mid-card feud no matter how big it appears on paper. Kofi Randy could generate heat, but outside of Triple H putting him over at Saudi super bad blood money in the showdown, it's not like he's been built as anything dominant in recent times. Joe should feel like a big Feud, but he do- all he does is lose title matches. Hopefully, leading into new day, uh, new era version 164.5 or whatever it is. Uh, character Excuse me. character development improves. There is at least some hope uh, with the recent reformation of the club AJ can generate the heel heat that is missing maybe with the Planeteers dropping the tag belts we can get Brian back into the picture with Kofi because he's so damn good. That said, I wasn't disappointed in any of the shows this weekend. They were all very fun to watch, obviously referring to Fight Fest, Evolve and Extreme Rules. This is the first time I got to see Evolve uh, they're going to be here in Michigan in August and it convinced me to check it out so maybe I'll give you guys a first person review come that time. Take care and thanks again for all the amazing content. I may need to start a support group for my Wrestle Ramble extra addiction. Uh, I don't think it was a question in there, Scott, but um, it was a good mailbag it, uh, nonetheless.
2: Yeah, it was uh, have Seth and Kofi. Oh, yeah, oh, he just said he agrees. Yeah. yeah. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with us. Uh, <laughs> agree
1: with us as well. Um, where do we get to? Dwayne Cooley says, Hello, SWAFT Nation and Wrestling Talk. This hit me before I watched Fight for the Fallen on Sunday. I'm a fan of Cody and know how good he is, but I seem to struggle to get truly invested in his matches. For instance, his match with Dustin at Double or Nothing and the Bucks at Fight for the Fallen, and even his matches with Omega, were a bit too slow and hard for me to get into. While his match with Darby Allin I enjoyed more than those other two combined, is it the story of the match I'm missing, or is Cody's wrestling overrated? What do you guys find the appeal of a Cody match to be? P.S. He does add, P.S. I am a fan of Cody Rhodes. Just want to reiterate that.
2: I, I, lo- I love that bit at the end. But I, yeah, I don't see the appeal of him wrestling. I find his
1: matches very boring. Huge fan.
2: <laughs> um, it's... So I, for me, I like Cody Rhodes in WWE, he was always... There was something about him. like He was always the guy that I wanted to be pushed more. But then when he left and he did his amazing work rate right around the independent scene, he was, because he was just brought up through that WWE system, really, he never, he, he did seem out of place initially, I felt. Yes. Beyond, like, But he had the work rate down in terms of just doing show after show after show after show. But he had a different style to what was getting everyone else over. Mm-hmm. Because he was sort of wrestling the WWE style, but he's learned and he's modified it. And what I think he's come out as now, uh, and th- through that sort of Ring of Honor period, where he was a fantastic world champion. He's he's a guy who's very good at presenting himself with the, the blonde hair, the suits, brandy, the dog. It, it's just... Uh, uh, is it Ghost, the dog? Pharaoh. Pharaoh. He's uh, it, just a really good way of packaging himself. But I think he's leveled up so much in in ring wrestling. And when I watched that Darby Allen match and the Dusty match... Dusty. Well, Dusty, sorry. My, two of my favourite matches... Like, he's had my favourite match of the first two AEW shows, which I never thought I'd say, is because he does slow it down. And he is wrestling an 80s-style match, all based around psychology and storytelling in 2019 with, yeah. a, with a bit of a modern twang. I love it. And it, I love it even more because it's so different to the wrestling on the rest of the card, which is a lot more high-paced, spot-filled stuff. That, I completely
1: agree with you. And I think that, that's the appeal of a Cody match to me, is that his wrestling style is different to everyone else's on an AEW show. And I really like that. And mm. I, I, going into, I've, I've been on record saying this, going into Double or Nothing, Him versus Dustin was not a match I was particularly enthused by. Um, I love both guys, but I'm like, yeah, you know, there are matches on this card that I'm more looking forward to. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, Omega Jericho, for example. Um, But actually, it was the best. It was my favorite match of the night. It was unbelievably good. It was so great. If that is not in the top 10 matches of the year, I will be stunned. Mm. I'll be absolutely stunned.
2: So yeah, I, I think it is just—it's a very different style to everyone else that's on the card. In terms of emotional moments, I, I don't think anything will top it. No. Like, in, like Kofi's title win at WrestleMania, that was really great and cathartic. But man, the, the Cody and Dustin—I I really felt. Uh, the, the only or- thing I'd say against Cody is. Th- just commit to being either a heel or a face yeah and, and Brandy's got that problem Brandy's as well Brandy's had a, a lot of issues with that yeah so I just that that's the only thing that jars with me and it does take me out of the matches I'm like he, choose one man because he
1: very much seems to be positioned as the baby face in the moment against Sean Spears who very much is the heel after the you know he's calling himself the chairman mm. now after that chair shot heard round the world um, the interview he did with JR on um, Road to War Out was great really really good where he unveils Tully Blanchard yeah I know yeah as his manager um Sorry, the, uh, the the bit that I missed actually was from um, uh, Chris's original point where he just said, I'm a new Patreon member. You guys helped me through quite a dark time while I was unemployed, and I'm finally in the position to donate to you guys now. I'm loving all the extra content on here as well. Very worth it for nearly five pounds. Oh, thank Because it's you. five dollars. Um, so that was Dwayne's question. Uh, Martin Dwayne. says, uh, do you think Vince is ultimately unsatisfied with NXT? Let Doesn't me ex- watch it. Let me explain. <laughs> NXT is ultimately still a developmental brand for WWE, therefore it stands to reason that the top guys in NXT should be expected to transition into the main event of Raw and Smackdown, or should it be expected to transition into the main event of Raw and Smackdown, however since 2012, only three former NXT champions have either won the WWE Mm. or Universal Championship, as NXT is catering for a different audience, is Vince frustrated with the talent coming through, and perhaps this is the real reason why he didn't, uh, why uh, why Triple H didn't get an executive director job?
2: Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think he really cares about NXT. No, and he repackages. If, if he, if he, he, he would keep the characters as they are, as opposed to just completely butchering them on the main roster. If he thought that way about NXT, so I don't think that the the, the reason I don't think Triple H has been put in one of these roles is just because it's. It's more of a political move. If Triple H is going to take over the running of the company and if Vince is thinking of stepping aside for the XFL stuff, just d- don't put him in now where ratings are still on the down down slope yeah. and, and all that. I completely agree with you. Also, I think if you were to put Triple H in one of these
1: executive director spots, when he, Vince then steps aside, if Vince steps aside for the XFL, then you're just going to have to find someone else to replace the role that Triple H is vacated so he can go and take on Vince's role right? mm. so yeah so I, just, I think it's a it's a political move more than anything uh, Marco Tallins says who has the most punchable f- uh, punchable face in <laughs> professional wrestling today my vote
2: goes to MJF but a smug Prince Pretty is pretty good too The Miz always The Miz yeah even as a baby face The Miz he's just got this fantastic punchable face uh, my answer is Adam Pacitti. Uh Corey <laughs>
1: Haynes says hey Ollie, Luke Laurie housemate Simon Chopper Pete so Val Blake Ham you piece of S and nope that's it Longtime fan and recent $10 backer been listening to you guys since 2017 both YouTube and podcast love everything you put out and have a lot of similar interests other than just watching wrestling such as board games and RPGs I have three questions <laughs> my first question is being that SoCal Val is a Wrestling fan too. Why don't we see her on the Wrestle Ramble?
2: Uh, just scheduling. Wise. She's, yeah, she's, yeah she, she's only in for a, for a few bits here and there. Yeah, and not when we're recording yeah. these. Uh, my second question is: Will there become a? Uh,
1: will there come a point where ScreenStalker gets a podcast similar to the Wrestle Ramble, but for movies and games?
2: That is the hope, eventually. That was one of the first plans and it all launched and we're like, oh my God, we've got no time to do that. So rather than launch it and then drop it every couple of weeks, we're just going to wait until we've got a few more people and then we can do
1: that. And my third question is directed more towards Laurie, Luke, and Pete. Being a D&D and RPG fan myself, I'm curious to know if you guys have ever listened to an awesome D&D podcast called The Adventure Zone. If so, what do you guys think? I uh, strongly suggest listening to it. It takes two to three arcs to really pick up, but they really focus on strong storytelling and put a lot of effort into emotions. Hope this wasn't too long. Love the work you guys do. Keep it up. Uh, no, I've not listened to that. Uh, I was a Dragon Friends um, podcast listener for a little while because they were very much like uh, they were a comedy podcast. Um, and I very much enjoyed the comedy aspect of playing D&D. It was funny. It was funny. Um, and they also had, like, it was one of the guys that was uh, from the Axis of Awesome, so it was very music-inspired as well. So they had, like, guy on stage playing music mm. to, like, kind of, like, tell the adventure of the story. And that, was, that added a lot to it for me. Um, but I've heard the critical role is very good, I just don't have time to listen to six-hour-long podcasts. Um, I've got too many podcasts as it is.
2: Uh, That's a breakthrough that you've just admitted that.
1: That I have too many podcasts. Yeah. To. Well, it's because I was looking at my list and I was like, I've I've got a um, a Talking Simpsons Patreon podcast of them reviewing Tiny Toons uh, Straight to Video movie, and yeah, it's like four hours long and I, I haven't got around to finishing it yet. Uh, Tom Dell says, Hey Chopper Pete, Laurie, Luke, Simon, Ollie, Randy, Andy, SoCal Valgrado, <laughs> Joe Hendry, still holding out for their returns, and you piece of crap Blake Ham, uh, Tomo because be- I bet he's probably Tomo. watching, and the cool Scandinavian dude that invented the fishmonger and taught us how you uh, taught you how to say Walter. <laughs> anyway, to the question. Two of the best TV matches I can remember in recent history are Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston Gauntlet matches. They went for the majority of the show they were on and although we already know Seth and Kofi were great, this seemingly pushed them to an even higher level. It left everyone talking about how great they were and fans got right behind them as the next big champs. With that being said, should the new format of Raw and Smackdown start to have gauntlet matches? That way there won't be any resting in the ad breaks and they could show off superstars they're trying to build for an extended period of time.
2: No, it's not hard to structure a wrestling show around ad breaks and not have the ad breaks, interrupt the wrestling. It's so difficult. You 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 don't need to... You don't understand, Ollie. It's harder than you think. Stipulations should really only be used when there is a storyline reason for them. and That could be because the title or championship they're fighting for or number one contendership or something with stakes dictates it, or it is an element of a personal feud between two people. Not to to justify when to say raw rolls on after this. Yeah. Connor
1: Kieran says, Now I know you don't have a lot of time uh, or people to do so, but I think you should check out 205 Live on a semi-regular basis. And has the best and consistent storytelling across the entire WWE product, even more so than NXT, Oof. as they don't have nearly as many people or championships. They focus on what they do well. No ad breaks, just two solid wrestling matches a week. Well, I watched a bit of the Chad
2: Gable-Jack Gallagher match from this week, and it, it was great. Yeah,
1: yeah but um, I, I, a lot of people said that I needed to check out the Drake Maverick-Mike Canella segment, but dude they're jokes like Mm. it's hard to like sit there and take them seriously when one of them was beaten in less than a minute by Zack Ryder and the other one was being pinned in his pants in a hotel room because he was going to prematurely ejaculate in front of his wife like it's then for them to stand in a wrestling ring and be like take us seriously now. I'm like I don't think I can this is is very hard for me to take you
2: seriously that horse has bolted my (laughs) friend
1: (laughs) Uh, James J. Dillon says, now that Bray is back with a new character, I think he should ditch the Sister Abigail as a finisher. What do you guys think would be a more fitting move to match the Fiend's
2: character? Hmm.
1: I like Sister Abigail.
2: I still like Sister Abigail. It's still part of the character because she was in the Firefly Funhouse segments. And it's
1: it's over as his finishing move as well. There was someone in our Raw review that said that Undertaker should give him the tombstone. But I I don't think he needs the tombstone. I Mm. think that he's got a good finisher as is. I would like him to have another move, though. Oh, not saying yeah. he can't have another move, but yeah, I don't think you should get rid of that. Uh, do you want to wrap this up, or do you want another one? Let's have two more. Two more. Uh, hashtag Team LOL says, With the Raw reunion coming up soon, do you think any legends will win the 24-7 title? If so, who? I think we joked about this saying the Million Dollar Man mm. is got to be one of them.
2: Uh, Far- Farouk might not win it, but he will definitely react yes. to a title change. And what will he say when he sees it? Good grief. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good grief! Clam. Uh, and Phil Stopford says If Mark Jindrak was the fourth member of Evolution, uh. <laughs> would we now have Dave Batista as Drax? Uh, well, Jindrak um, was going to replace Orton, or Orton replaced Jindrak as well, so Batista would have still been in Evolution, so we would have still got the, the, uh, the, 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 the
2: career progression. In your face, Phil Stopford, you don't know what you're talking about! I'm pretty sure that's the case anyway. Oh, maybe you don't know, maybe what, you're I don't know what I'm about. talking about. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, well, we can answer the question anyway and pretend. Um, I th- so the interesting thing about Batista is that he did work his way through the ranks he had a little bit of a head start but he went you know he started off in straight dvd stuff
1: he did it as a favor to rob van damme that was the interview that he gave shortly after that film came out uh the wrong side of town i believe it's called Mm. where
2: rvd's the lead (laughs) star but he's the rising sun as well yeah Yeah, which he did after that i think
1: but i think wrong side of town is the one where rvd's the lead star but dave patisse is the one that's front and center of all the marketing materials And he said that he did it as a favor to Rob, and it was on that film he got the acting bug and he wanted to do more of these Mm. types of films and sort of build his way up. (laughs) On the subject of AEW, um, which obviously was the big talking point of this podcast, got to give a shout-out to the Jon Moxley-Tomohiro-Ishii match from the G1, uh, which was... Not only uh, one of the best matches of the tournament thus far that I've seen, probably will end up being one of the best matches of the year. Whoa. It is easily Moxley's best match since leaving WWE. <clears throat> it was terrific.
2: Um. So you, I presume you finished it. I did. Yeah, because I, I only watched half of it with you live, and then I had to watch Invasion 2001. Oh, you lucky bastard. Which was a come down. <laughs> It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler uh, for us around the Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll record in that later. Uh, but the, yeah, just the start of that match. They just started shoving each other. That, th- from what I saw, it's two men pushing each other aggressively. Yeah. For most of it.
1: Oh yeah. It's great. Been, it's so good. Yeah. Uh Tommy Hero does a high spot that is very out of character for him, and the crowd go bonkers for it because it's so out of character for him. Kevin Kelly can't believe his eyes cannot believe his eyes it's oh it's terrific go out of your way to go see that match it's so so good and i've also heard shockingly um kota Rabushi versus will osprey was very good as
2: well oh, i know it's unexpected I'm,
1: I'm struggling to believe mm. that as well but apparently it's pretty good
2: yeah i'm sure they left all their necks
1: in the ring yeah <laughs> and if you want some other g1 shout outs i'm going to give uh ishii versus jeff cobb you're just going to
2: Run down Ishii's match list.
1: Oh no no no! Uh, Kenta versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ooh. Yum, 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 yum. And um, Tetsu Naito versus toriano Oh, for
2: the for the lols.
1: For very much for the lols. Dave Meltzer did not like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my anyway. That's my quick G1 wrap up. People say like, why don't you do G1 wrap ups? So there you go. Done it, man. Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much on. We haven't got time. Do we want to actually plug what we're doing on Monday? Oh, yeah, yeah, go on then. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, So ScreenStalker, if you are a uh, follower of ScreenStalker, and if not, why not, uh, you will have seen that on a Friday uh, we do more of like a magazine-style show where we sort of do various different segments, and it's a lot of fun. It's a bit like this podcast, Mm. really. And that is now going to become the new standard for ScreenStalker on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, so rather than like, here's a movie video, here's the gaming daily... It's all going to be one mishmash, because we realised, hey, this, this channel's more about stuff we like. So I just put all the stuff in one video a day. It's easier to, to, for people to find. Yeah. And for my money, is one of the best things we make now. Yeah. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd certainly say so. Because the Wrestle Ramble, we just talk. It's two guys talking, and we film that. It's pretty low effort. That's pretty orange Cassidy.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it, it is the orange Cassidy of our of our output, yeah. But
2: that that's what makes it so great and and we love talking to each other and and to all of you as well. But The Screenstalker new show as a video series is actually really well put together. It's really well done. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And I I I laugh a lot at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's you watch that
1: because you were away. You got to mm. see last week's episode where we played Cuphead and I played Spider Man on the Mega yes. Drive and, and things like that. We thought it was quite... We we watched it. We had like a bit of a, a premiere party when uh, Martin had finished it um, and we sort of sat round to watch it. And it was genuinely... We at the end of it, we were like, God, that was really good, actually. Yeah. I'm really proud of that video. That's come out really well.
2: Yeah, the Cuphead stuff was really funny. Yeah. It's very hard for and you to play. Very- also, Pete playing uh, Mario Maker... And the, the week previously yeah. was very good.
1: And the, uh, and you haven't seen yesterday's one, Steve from Going In Raw uh, features in there uh, and it's us playing 2K19 with him. And it is, it's, it's so good. It's hilarious watching him play yeah. the game. Yeah. and We've got more of that coming next week as well.
2: And me and Laurie ran through a few of the Comic-Con trailers that have been released. I hadn't seen the Cats one. Mm. I was told not to watch it because we watched it, we did a live reactions of me watching it. And oh boy it got fruity. <laughs> I I had the opposite reaction to what Laurie was expecting. Yeah. He thought I was gonna crap on it, but I just ended up very, very aroused. <laughs> I brought Taylor up Judy Hops. Oh, of course, the, yeah, 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 Judy yeah, Hops yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this this passion extended to Taylor Swift as a cat. Oh mate. Oof, what's wrong with me? <laughs>
1: But anyway, on Monday. Oh yeah. On Monday, uh the, the episode is gonna be presented by you and I. It's gonna be presented by me and Ollie. Mm. Breaking down all the news from Comic Con because we're expecting MCU phase four plans to be revealed. The trailer for Wonder Woman eighty-four will likely be released. And I'm going to do a nerd out section for the trailer for Jane Silent Bob reboot. So look forward to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, I, I thank you to everyone who has sent me Lad Bible posted an article today that said that uh, The Dark Knight is officially the greatest comic book movie ever made. <laughs> thank you to all of those. I, I read the article. There is absolutely no mention of it being officially the greatest one. It's just that it's the eight-year anniversary of it and people still like it. That is a, That is the crux of that article. It's just that on the anniversary of the movie, people still say that it's good. So bollocks to saying it's officially because nothing, makes, nothing is official about the article it's official people <laughs> still like this movie uh, that, that, exactly yeah that is what the headline is it's official people still like the Dark Knight that's official it is but that's not, what, no, the, that's not what? what the headline says you know what what was the actual title then the headline was Dark Knight is officially the greatest comic book movie ever made
2: so that should be Dark Knight is anecdotally the best <laughs> comic book movie ever made <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm going to steal that. It's good. Yeah. I'm going to reply because <laughs> someone's just tweeted it to me again, so I'm going to reply with that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, on this show on Tuesday with the Raw Review. Oh, yeah. But head on over to Screen Stalker and get involved with that. It's going to be really fun. We're really looking forward to it. And as we say in the show, once we can kind of like build that audience, we can do more podcasts. We can do a Woo. full movie podcast, which is what we
2: really want to be doing. Yeah, me and Luke just doing this. But with the movies. Instead. Where I can talk about You'll Always Be My Maybe.
1: Yes, because you watched it on the plane. Netflix comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It was
2: very funny. Also, Queer Eye is out today as well. Oh, yeah!
1: I've downloaded all the episodes because I'm on a train to Hastings. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.